The Chris Sheeran Show, only on YesNetwork.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of The Chris Sheeran Show here on YesNetwork.com. The dot com. And the, the iTunes. The iTunes podcast. Uh, you know, you just go into the search bar, you type in my name. And uh, this thing pops up, and you subscribe to it, and it goes right to your smart device, and it makes you very smart. Oh, baby. That should totally be our disclaimer because you use that language every time. I know. So we should just like, – Well, I try. We should script it. Yeah. You know, like this this portion of the Chris Sheeran Show is brought to you by Montefiore Medical Center or yeah. something. Well, like. they just got a free plug. But uh, – They sponsor a ton of Yankees stuff know, anyway. I know. I know. So. I know. What's well, a little payola? I may need heart surgery at some point, so maybe I can get it for free. <laughs> doctor says I need a becciotomy. Well, you know, could be – What's the doctor from the uh, Dr. Nick from Dr. the Simpsons? Nick? Yeah. See that smudge? That's trauma. <laughs> <laughs> and we're off and rolling. Um, we have a lot to, t- to talk about, uh, basically, with the Yankees. But mm-hmm. can we just flush the deflate gate first down the toilet? Sure. Can we just talk about it back sh- and forth? We really should quick? let everyone know, too, that this is the first of three Chris Sheeran shows in the next week. Yeah. As we'll be doing a, an abbreviated version today, right. an abbreviated version next Monday, so that we're not obsolete once the trade deadline right. comes, and then our regular podcast goodness next week in its regular spot. So it's the magic half hour today. Yes, part one of a two-part multi-day special. I believe I tagged it on Twitter. Yes, you did. <laughs> Speaking of parts of a multi-part special, let's go back to Deflate Gate, as you wanted to yeah, start the podcast yeah. with. I mean, we've talked about this. Ad nauseum on this podcast, on this show. But if you're completely innocent and you have nothing to hide, where's your phone? And why come out and say that this is ludicrous the next day on on your Facebook, no less? Everybody comes up to me at the gym. They want to talk sports. We just had this discussion today. You know, the Patriots and, and Kraft is out. Now, see, what he said was, I thought getting on board with the commissioner back in May was going to make this all go away. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But he thought agreeing to the fine and shutting up was going to either reduce Brady's suspension or eliminate it altogether. What the hell kind of an attitude is that? He basically thought being boys with the commissioner was going to get it swept under the rug, and it didn't. Look, Spygate basically got swept under the rug. I mean, yeah. they got penalized in the draft, whatever. In the million-dollar fine or whatever it was. Yeah. But, you know, the emperor, Bill Belichick, <laughs> who, you know, circumvents everything to make his team even better than it was before this kind of stuff happens. Look, there is a, there is a laundry list of cheating that the Patriots have been caught with. And this is just – you know my feeling on this. We, we've talked about this. I think it's stupid. I think it's stupidity. In the Super Bowl, the guy won the MVP. I guarantee, I guarantee you those balls in the Super Bowl were fine. Oh, PSIs yeah. were right where they should have been the whole game. I'm sure Goodell had a PSI referee just by the balls. All game long, just you to make the, sure. You are the ball master. You That's are, your job. You are the inflator. Hashtag. Hashtag the inflator. Yes. And Brady went out, and I forget his numbers off the top of my head, but he had an MVP caliber Super Bowl. Yeah, it was like 34 of something, 350 yards, four TDs. Won his fourth ring. Yeah. Been there six times. 
Legacy schmegacy. This is not going to affect his legacy. If that's what he's worried about, if that's why he's fighting so hard, it's kind of reminiscent of Alex. A little bit. And how he was so vehement in his, you know, I got to fight this tooth and nail, and then, nah, never mind. Because he just realized, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to throw away everything, you know. Look. And every- look, look at what Alex said the other day when he was interviewed on his 40th birthday, and he was talking about that, you know, with the media, just kind of things like you realize after a while it doesn't make you a better father, a better player, right. a better team, like, you know, all that stuff. It. It comes full circle eventually. Maybe this is Tom Brady's, you know, travel around the circle here. I got his wife in France wearing a burqa from head to toe to go get her boobs redone. So no one knows it's her going in and out of this clinic in Paris. It's a circus. I I mean. It's a one-ring circus. Enough. Enough. Take your suspension and shut up. Take your four games like a man. In your Birkenstocks or whatever those shoes are. His Uggs. Yes. Which is actually five weeks, by the way, because their bye week is week four. So it's really – it's a four-game suspension, but really five weeks because he can't be in the facility during that time. Take your suspension. Look, Tom, listen. You got busted in the AFC championship game. Your rear end could have been on the bench, not even in the building for the Super Bowl, but they allowed you – to play in the game, not only playing it, have an MVP performance and win another ring. So the mere fact that Kraft and Brady, and Brady's saying this stuff, it, it's outlandish. I don't want to set a precedent for someone else who cheats down the road, by the way. I mean, for the love of Pete. I don't even know who Pete is. Do you? He's the ball guy, apparently. But, oh, God... Take your suspension and zip it. I have a whole bag of shh right here for you. Just a preemptive shh. I just can't, Lou, I I can't deal with it anymore because it's, it's, when you look at at it in the grand scheme of things, you're Tom Brady. You wake up, you look in the mirror, and you say, I won four Super Bowls. I have all these numbers that are ridiculous. People compare me to Joe Montana all the time. And then you have other quarterbacks coming out saying, yeah, even Montana. Yeah, we, we did that too. There was some stuff we did you, in San Francisco. You know what I think it is? Just let it go. Honestly, you know what I think it is? If Tom Brady were 27 instead of 37, th- that was interesting. Yeah, wasn't it? If Tom Brady was 27 instead of 37, this might just be one of those situations where you take it like a man and, and suck it up and go. But at his age, with his legacy, with him knowing that God, the end that is word. near – Maybe he doesn't want to take four games off when he's only got 16, 32, 48 to go. Who knows? Maybe that's part of it. Tom, take the five weeks off. By then, your wife's new boobs will be healed. You know what? Take a nice five-week vacation and enjoy your supermodel wife. And shut up. How about that? I do agree with one thing, though. I do agree with somebody that called in. I was listening to Boomer and Carton on the way into work this morning. And I do agree with somebody that called in and was talking about the lengths of suspensions in the NFL. And that between this, the Ray Rice, Greg Hardy, Adrian Peterson triad of fiascos, all the guys getting busted for smoking weed, the NFL really needs to revamp its personal conduct policy into sections. Yeah, but what about what if a Bronco gets caught smoking weed? It's legal. It's legal. Well, it's legal in Colorado, but that doesn't mean the NFL. So has... the NFL is its own jurisdiction. Sure. It, it the NFL supersedes the government. Mm-hmm. 
Well, let me ask you this. <laughs> no, let me ask you this. Dead serious. Say marijuana gets legalized in Connecticut. Okay. If I walk through the office smoking a blunt and <laughs> HR walks by, <laughs> do they look the other way because it's legal? But it may be illegal in their workplace. According to our company handbook, the Fox handbook, you know, drug use is strictly prohibited in the workplace. I think that kind of carries over to the NFL as an organization. Uh, all right. I, maybe I was being a little okay. facetious. Anyway, my point is the personal kind of thank you for being the narc. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, if you want to smoke a – no, never mind. Uh, <laughs> you know, drug violations, personal conduct violations, game rule violations, maybe any other subcategory they need. But it is a little ludicrous that – I know Greg Hardy missed the entire season almost last year while on the in, while reserve list. But when you come down to it this year, he's serving four games for something much more heinous than what Tom Brady did. Sheldon Richardson is missing four games for smoking a joint. Uh, no. It's, I, it's kind of ludicrous how no, everything – it's like I, you get four games. It's I like agree. Oprah. That's what I preface this whole yeah. thing. It's silly. It really is. The whole thing is silly. But shut up and just take mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you go away and, and not protest this – I, I get it, you know, he wants to fight it. Look at uh, Ryan Braun and Aaron Rodgers. Ryan Braun sat there and denied it how many times? Umpteen. And, and Aaron Rodgers, you know, looked like a fool afterwards because he backed his buddy. Yep. And Braun took his suspension and said, all right, you got, you got it. I'm not admitting guilt, but I'll take my suspension Just like a man. Just take the suspension. In my eyes, and, and I'm saying it, Patriot fans, you're out there listening. In my eyes, this does not do anything to Brady's legacy. No. And if you need anything to point the finger to that, it's the performance in the Super Bowl. The guy is one of the best quarterbacks that ever ran onto the field. And if you looked at all the interviews from, you know, from when this broke to now with former quarterbacks and former teams saying, hey, look. If you don't think we cut corners in certain areas to get a little uh, advantage over another team, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. We just didn't get caught. Yep. Just everybody, let it go. Here's a simple solution for the Pats, too, if they're worried about their quarterback situation. Bring in a veteran throughout training camp. Cut him at the end of preseason. Go week one with Garoppolo and whoever else is on your roster. As soon as day two of week two or day one of week two hits, when contracts are not guaranteed for the rest of the season, sign that veteran back. He's your backup plan for Garoppolo. Week five, see you later. Brady's back. Garoppolo goes back to the bench. All said and done. Now, Brady has missed. I don't think Garoppolo's name has been mentioned that much in the same paragraph ever. ever. <laughs> when he was drafted, <laughs> uh, you know, Brady's. Fantasy football stats are going to take a hit, but the Patriots were 11-5 and five the one year he missed when he tore his ACL in week one, and Matt Castle took over. They were 11-5. and five. That and 2004, I think, are the only two years in the eight-division era of the NFL that they did not win the AFC East. Miami, I think, won that year, even though they were tied at 11-5. and five, It was that three-way tie, and mm-hmm. Miami won. I think it was the Jets that made the playoffs, and... Uh, New England was at like the, right. the, was the seventh team based on tiebreakers. That was the Brady ACL yep. first game of the season. Yep, and I then whatever well. year it was in the early to mid two thousands, three teams same thing finished nine and seven. But I forget who it was that won the tiebreaker. May have been Miami again won the tiebreaker to technically win the division. That's it. That's thirteen seasons. 
two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Thirteen seasons. They've won eleven championships. Or if, division championships. You know, if, if I you, mean if I know. If you keep doing this stuff though, sooner or later, it the karma's gonna catch up to you. Eventually. And, and it has. So for Kraft to go out there and basically publicly distance himself from the commissioner, and I agree with you. I mean, I don't know what the hell Goodell is doing. I, I really don't. Because these suspensions just don't match the crime. And you want to talk about the integrity. Don't bring up integrity of the game. Yeah. With deflated foot. For the love of Jesus and everything that's holy. The integrity of the game? Seriously? Yeah, because, you know, unlike a scuffed baseball or a corked bat where one team is gaining a superior advantage. Yeah, maybe it's an advantage for them to have underinflated footballs, but... The Colts aren't playing with the underinflated footballs. The Ravens weren't playing with it. They just happened to notice because they intercepted one. Whereas, you know, a scuffed ball is going to significantly alter a team's chances of, of hitting. A corked bat is going to significantly alter a team's chances of getting a guy out. Which is you know, why, you know, in the pros, when, when you see a baseball game and, and the ball, a pitch goes in the dirt, it's immediately removed from the game because yeah. the pitcher will <laughs> use said dirt to make the ball drop another two or three. God inches. knows there might be a nail file in the dirt right. in front of home plate or something. Right. Who knows? So who knows? But I, I just want it to go away. I, yeah, I, me too. I, I mean, I didn't want to spend this much. You said nine seconds on Twitter. I yeah. knew it was going to be more than nine seconds. But 13 minutes is yeah, a bit excessive. It is a bit excessive. I, 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 and some, some shows, I mean, and I get it. They have three or four hours to fill. They need to talk about it. But I, I got to change the channel. I just can't listen to it. Yeah. I can't. I, I can't listen to people calling in. I can't listen to hosts talk about it. It's nonsense. Take the suspension. Mr. Kraft, I understand you're upset. You were caught with your pants down. Take the suspension. Let's move on. Yeah. And if they do and the Pats go 4-0, no one's going to care. Can you imagine? That'd be great. Can you imagine? All this belly aching. Even if they go 3-1 and one over those first. Or 2-2. Two and two. And They should win at least one game because they are playing Jacksonville. So, I mean, I got, that's one. And Buffalo, they beat often. So... All right. Let's, Baseball. Yeah, let's move on. Ben Barry, very Thank good God. to us. Uh, you know, the, the, the past two times I was in studio, Saturday, Yankees down 5 nothing in Minnesota. Slowly they turned, step by step, inch by inch. Alex Rodriguez. Al from Miami. You're on line one. Three home runs in that game. You know, David Cohn and I were watching the game in Bob's office filled with candy. And I didn't touch any that night, which was amazing. But we're sitting there watching the game, and David turns to me and says, wow, this team just cannot hit on the road. It's amazing. Getting shut out. And, then all, you know, Alex hits the home run. And we're like, okay, they're on the board. A couple innings later, Alex hits the two-run shot. It's 5-3, all right. Hey, we're back in this game. Now it's 5-4. Glenn Perkins is about to come in. Perfect and saves. So what do I do? Cone is saying, he, the whole time he's saying, Perkins is the man. Perkins is the man. As soon as they get to Perkins, you know, pretty much shut down. That's it. So he had to go somewhere. I really quick on baseball reference, look it up. What's Alex against Perkins before that at bat? Five for nine with a home run and five ribbies. So I walk upstairs, get to the studio. As soon as I sit down, the first pitch from Perkins to A-Rod in that inning, 
And I just said, holy, he did it. Cone was walking in. I goes, thought John Sterling's head was going to explode. I didn't hear it on the radio. I didn't hear Sterling. I was watching it, obviously. Uh, was that? It was a PIX game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was Kenny and uh, Flash. But it gets out. And then, of course, like the guys on the crew start ribbing me because I'm Mr. Overtime. So they immediately think <laughs> it's going to extra innings. And then that ball by, by John Ryan Murphy. My goodness. I, I we David and I looked at it like, that's a pop-up. They're out of the inning. And it just kept going and going and well, going. Well, the pitch before or the, the swing before, he just missed. He got under it and fell right. it off. He just missed. And right. he threw him the same, same pitch. Same pitch. The same pitch. Fool me once. Yeah, shame, shame on, on you. Fool me twice. Shame yeah, on me. He, John Ryan was not shamed. No, he was not. He was not the Continental on it. No, he was not. Anyway, you forgot your glove. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then God. last night, that's why I asked you if you brought your sleeping bag, because I was yeah, I was out. I was funny. I was out. Uh, I went to the carnival last night in what town. carnival? There's a carnival in my town. Really? Fireman's Carnival. Easton? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We went. We had some sausage and peppers. We played bingo. Are there rides? The oh, yeah. Is it still going on? Till Saturday. Nice. Bring the kids. I'm six, gonna. Six to 11. You can park at the middle school, and there's a shuttle bus that takes you the last, like, half mile, because it's... Kind of on the green, and there's nowhere to park, so they park you at the middle school. and then. Oh, sweet. Up. All right. Here. That it was sounds fun. good. Anyway, no, nice little aside there. So we were out, and I came home. I got home about 9.30, mm-hmm. and I turned the game on, and it was the second inning. I was like, what the yeah. hell is going on yeah, here? It was, it was rough. We were, uh, our producer, Jared Boschnack, and I were uh, having a little dinner at the diner, and... Uh, Elm Street Diner, my boy John, I have to give him a shout out. Speaking of things that should get sponsorship on this show, the Elm Street Diner. Elm Street should actually, they should sponsor this show. I eat there enough for crying out loud. Um, Great donuts. Great food, too. Uh, Chef Louie is amazing. It's like a five-star restaurant, and it's a diner. You walk in, it's a diner feel. Like, you walk in, you're like, ah, yeah, breakfast, I can get an omelet here, I can get. And then Chef Louie walks out with, like, salmon or short ribs, and you're just like, what the hell? And they give you enough for a family of four mm-hmm. for one person. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I digress. But we're in there watching. We're flipping back and forth because Syndergaard was perfect Yep. at the same time. So we were Mets, and then Jared was following the game on his phone, and it was 5 nothing. He goes, ugh, Capuano's out two-thirds of an inning. This one's over. We get back in our cars. It was 5-1. I remember when we left the diner, it was 5-1 in the top of the second week. Got back in our cars. You know how short the distance is from the diner back to the It's about studios. a mile and change. It's about yeah. a mile. Yeah. By the time we pulled into the parking lot at work, the Yankees were up. Alex Rodriguez had hit that monster shot off the left field wall, and the Yankees had the lead. <laughs> I liked your tweet with the Gas House Gorillas yesterday. I know you <laughs> love that one. So like, I, I was like, that's perfect. The gift finally worked on Twitter, too. It never worked before, but it worked last night. I was on fire on Twitter you last were. night. You were. Anyway, uh, but we get back, and the Yankees send 15 hitters. In the top, it took 32 minutes, 15 hitters, uh, 11 runs, 10 hits in the top of the second. And they, uh, the down 5 nothing. 11 to 5. Brandon lead. Ryan had two doubles in the, in the same, same inning. inning. The only major leaguer to do that this year. <laughs> He's the only major leaguer with that crazy mustache, too. Yeah. That is going somewhere. Let me tell you what. Uh, if Bald Vinny uh, ever, if he's listening, if you want to. If you want a shirt idea, my go. friend, <laughs> I don't have to say it. You know, it's funny, too, because I mentioned a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the Steve and Drew backlash about how, what Brendan Ryan's done. And ever since he's come back from the DL, he's been yeah. hitting like crazy. He's got big hits. I mean, big hit. everybody's big hits, up and down. And that- then l- l- let's talk about this, though. 
as much as that offensive outburst was great, and Chris Young, we tweeted earlier, had you know seven plate appearances, six at bats, yeah. five RBIs, just and a partridge. Just, yeah. and a partridge. How about Diego Moreno coming up as a just in case long man? Yeah. Capuano gets bounced in the. He had he he walked the shields and then got the next two outs, and that was it. The next what eight guys reached and then he got pulled. Seven guys. Diego Moreno comes in. Gives up one walk and no hits in five and a third innings. Five in 70 strikeouts. pitches. Five strikeouts. If you, and I tweeted this this morning, if you erase the first two-thirds of the first inning, Adam Warren and Diego Moreno threw eight and a third hitless ball. And one walk. They one walk, one over the minimum. Five strikeouts, yeah. all Moreno. So if you take out the first time through the lineup, mm-hmm. just the first time through the lineup, the Yankees pitchers gave up two walks in eight. In a third innings, and that was it. No hits. Because Capuano's walk to the Shields is what chased him. They bring in Moreno, and he gives up one walk, and Warren was three perfect innings. And the flip side, the Rangers didn't get a hit the rest of the game, and the Yankee bullpen over the first two games in Texas, 12 and a third, Zippo hits. Zippola. They've given him no nothing. hits. So that's something positive. Now, now you know here's the great here's the great thing about this too. I have a question when you're done. Go ahead. Moreno came up yesterday as a just in case long guy. Mm-hmm. You know he's going to get shipped out, and it's going to be Rumbelow Ramirez or I think yeah, Bur- Burlaw pitched yesterday. Next like available arm. Absolutely. So it's going to be Rumbelow or Ramirez coming up today to uh-huh. replace him unless they disable somebody. Possibility maybe even of Capuano getting DFA'd because he's I mean what what good is he really at this point? He's, he's for not, you. Yeah. I mean you know. Gave up four runs in the ninth in his last outing, and then he came out last night and gave up five. So, so you replace him with you know an Esmeal Rogers type, somebody a long guy to come up for now. Adam Warren only threw thirty four pitches last night. He was so very he won't, efficient. He won't pitch tonight. And Moreno was efficient. He won't pitch tonight, but he could be available as soon as tomorrow, mm-hmm. and definitely by Friday by the time they get to Chicago. So the bullpen is not for what they got yesterday out of what they got. The move you know they're going to make, and maybe one other move, and they're not going to be shorthanded the rest of the series. And you got Tanaka and Pineda going the next two games. So, yeah. And here's my question: A lot of Yankee fans out there are extremely worried that this that so far Brian Cashman has stayed put on these yep. deals uh, with two days left as we tape this here on Wednesday, and the deadline is on Friday, and that's why we're doing the show on Monday, as Lou mentioned, so we could. Talk about a little pre and post yeah, all the deals that yeah. have happened. But my question to you is, and you have your finger on the pulse of everything, so I'm going to pose this to you like you're a guest um, because I value what you have to say. Do the Yankees? Do you really feel like the Yankees? And I and I know that they haven't been getting a lot of length. Although Evaldi gave you a great oh, start he gave in his you eight last plus, outing. Yeah. Um, but guys like Sabathia, you're worried about. Guys like Evaldi, you're still worried about, even though he gave you the eight plus. Tanaka's been up and down. Pineda's been up and down, where they're not giving you length. And Nova is hit and miss too. You know, you can't really rely on him still coming back, getting his legs under him. Do they need a David Price? Do they need to go out again? I don't want to say. I know Cashman is not going to mortgage the future. I know they're not trading Severino. They're not going to do that. They're not going to trade Judge. They're not going to trade Bird. And Mateo is apparently the fourth untouchable. And Mateo. This is why I said for the past month, the odd man out here is Rob Refsnyder. I really think if they do make a move, he might be on his way. And I was talking with Jim Leyritz about this last night. Maybe Samarja. You know, maybe that's a lesser 
Maybe you go that way instead right. of going to. And as I mentioned on Twitter, price is numbers. And price got rocked last night. By the, in the postseason, and I know people have fought me on this and said that Kershaw's numbers are just as bad. What? You wouldn't want Kershaw either? It's not what I said. All I did was I said David Price's numbers in the postseason, one in five, ten games, five starts. He's one in five with a 450 ERA. The postseason is a different animal, so those numbers can't be dismissed. It doesn't matter that he's won a Cy Young award so, and done. You can't dismiss that. So That's, do we? Yeah. So do we throw out Mariano no. Rivera's pristine postseason record because he was so good? I, I I don't understand what we're talking about. I don't think. Should I answer this as a guest? Like I'll put my hand over the mic. No, no, no. I want to hear you. Just do it. Um. <clears throat> do they need that? No. A mid rotation arm is probably all they need, for the sole reason that. Last night you saw what happens when they get backed into a corner and try to insert a six starter. Now, Brian Mitchell falling and hitting his head in the weight room was an unfortuitous moment for the Yankees that got his start pushed back, and he was the original plan. But then after that, him being their six starter, Capuano is number seven, and you saw what happened. And Adam Warren's number eight, and he's very valuable in the bullpen. If you go on July 31st and you get a mid-rotation guy, they have 48 hours to report, right, mm-hmm. give or take? You get a mid-rotation guy. They have 48 hours to report. The game on Sunday is an afternoon game. 48 hours from the trade deadline will be four-ish on Sunday. Game will be over. So that game's out of the way. You don't have to make a roster move because Monday's an off day. So you're looking at August 4th. You're looking at 27 days where they have to find a way to carry six guys. Just go to a six-man rotation in September to save, you know, they, or you have a 40-man roster. You can find spots mm-hmm. to pitch guys. If they can require a mid-rotation arm, and another one just came off the board because as we were coming up here, Matt Laidos and uh, Michael Morse got traded to the right. Dodgers because mm-hmm. the Dodgers need another first baseman outfielder. Salary dump. Uh, <laughs> unless they got Alex Guerrero or something back, like something big. But anyway. If they can go out and get a guy like that, that's like a number three, four-ish type, then you're looking at your one and one A. And we talked about this with Flash, and I asked him the same thing, and that was before Avaldi went out and gave you eight plus this weekend. Yeah, but you don't know if he's going to do that every time. I mean, right? He's been but you've so got you've got that. That's inconsistent. You got CC. You're worried about, and then you got Ivan Nova, who only went five innings the other night because he had arm fatigue. I, I think. Well, yeah, that's the other thing because in the rumors that I saw. The, the Samarja rumors that were going around, Nova was involved in that deal. He was going to go to Chicago with a couple of mid-level prospects for Samarja. And now if he has arm fatigue and they put that out there, I think the right. White Sox are – now he said he's not hurt. He just – you know, his arm's his arm tired. tired. I really be, don't know what that and means. And to be fair, he's but. only made whatever it is, five starts or whatever since he's been back. But he also made a handful, you know, in rehab and extended. So he's really been pitching since like mid-May. Yeah, I don't. I, so I mean, you, you got to remember that too. But uh, <clears throat> the thing about it is, is there's enough opportunities where maybe you say, okay, Tanaka, Pineda, and then whoever they acquire. Maybe you skip a CC start, one turn through the rotation. Then you skip a Nova start to make sure his arm doesn't get fatigued. By then, you're in the mid to late August. Maybe you get into a stretch where you have, you know, 15 games in a row. Because the Yankee schedule, whoever made it, must have been on something. The way it's it's they have so many off days packed around each other and then twenty days in a row like multiple times. 
there's enough opportunities to get that guy in there and not really rejigger things too much. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to September, you got a 40-man roster. You don't got to worry about it. Right. You can bring all the bullpen guys up. So that's my answer. But mid to back end guy wouldn't hurt. But as it stands, if everything goes the way it goes, they could have enough depth to make it work. But who knows? I just can't stand the the fans who want to blow up the farm system to go after it this year. What would you rather win the World Series this year? And and David Price doesn't guarantee you that. That's what the Royals are trying to do. Right. With Cueto and Zobris. And they should. They, they've got, I think, Dyson is on a one-year deal. Uh, Kane is on a one-year deal. Hosmer is eligible for ar- ar- arbitration after next year. Those guys are looking a lot like the early 2000s Tory Hunter, Jock Jones era twins. Right, right. Right now. These guys are going to be gone. they got to go for it. They have to. Mm-hmm. They're earning their money in Kansas City. And they gave up. I mean, Finnegan and Lamb... Could be two guys who three years from now could have but been the, stal- stalwarts. My point, my point is the Royals right. could sell their soul for a World Series. The Yankees don't have to. No. The Yankees don't have to sell 2018 you know, through 2026 right. for one title in 2015. Especially because there are a lot of – and I hate to use the word – I don't know where that's coming from. Interesting. Yeah. I hate to use the word redundant. But assuming everybody gets healthy, and by everybody I mean Mason Williams and Slade Heathcott and those guys too, the Yankees have, I think, nine or ten left-handed hitting, top-of-the-lineup, on-base percentage profile outfielders that can play center field. They have Mason Williams. They have Slade Heathcott. They have Jake Cave in double-A. They've got uh, Ben Gamble in triple-A. Yes. Up and down the, the... the system, they've got a lot of guys who fit that same Jacoby Ellsbury, Brett Gardner profile. Not to mention Jacoby Ellsbury and Brett so Gardner. So they could, they could deal with dealing one or so two of those So they can deal guys. Mason Williams or Slade Heathcott or Jake Cave or Ben Gamble or right. two of the four and still have one, two or three of those four. Right. They have Jagailo, who's hurt at double-A, but they have Jagailo. They have Dante Bichette. They have guys at third base. Up, you know, they have Rob Segadin still in the system. They have guys at third base, so they can trade one or two of those guys as pieces if they and need And Headley's to. in year one of a four-year deal. Right. And you've got Miguel Andujar further down the system who... Joaquin the dog be. Andujar? Yes. Everybody thinks is going to be something. He's, he's more of a second-half hitter the last couple of years in, in Class A. But there's enough depth in the system there where you can trade one or two of those guys. You know Greg Bird is your guy. So... I mean, Mike Ford had a great season last year down in Class A. He's not doing so well in Tampa this year, but he's in the system. Uh, Kyle Roller's done nothing but mash at AAA. Mm-hmm. So a team like, let's say, the White Sox, who are bereft of offense, maybe Roller's not a fit because they have Abreu and they have LaRoche and they have those guys, but they need a third baseman. Mm-hmm. They could use some outfield help. It could be a package of three or four guys who are major league level to close to ready that can step in and say, okay, Mason Williams, I'm just throwing out names. I'm not giving any, right, any right, secrets right. away here, but right. Mason Williams can slot in and be our center fielder for the rest of this year. Uh, we can use, you know, Jagailo's hurt, but next year we can give him a look as our third baseman because they just traded Gillespie and Beckham stinks and, you know, <laughs> on down the line. Maybe, okay, maybe Gary Sanchez is an attractive trade chip because Brian McCann's in year two of a five-year deal. Right. John Ryan Murphy has done nothing wrong other than not be Brian McCann right. over the last couple of years. 
Romine has had an all-star season in AAA. You've got Luis Torrens, who's they're hurt this year. Ex- but coming down. They're extremely So maybe deep. while yeah. his value is high, maybe Gary Sanchez is a big piece in a trade. They have so much, so much talent that's somewhat superfluous in the right spots. That in four syllables, I like. Thank that. you. That instead of mortgaging the farm, the farm and the judges and the Severinos, maybe it's a, a Brady Lale who's had a very good season at Trenton. Maybe it's a rookie Davis who's like I think leads the Florida State League in strikeouts down at Tampa. Maybe it's one of those guys mm-hmm. as part of a package with others that come back and bring stuff so that it's more of an amalgam of talent as opposed to you're still getting quote unquote a hundred points of talent just from. Three or four guys instead of two, and I and I you know? saw you know I saw a tweet on Hamels, and uh, would you love to have this guy? Absolutely, but you know the Phillies are going to ask for the yacht. <laughs> They're not going to ask for the dinghy. They're yeah. asking for the yacht. They just and traded, I just yeah. don't think they just traded Papelbon for a Class A advanced starter, right? So, but not Hamels, no. No, Papelbon they, if wanted they out. come out and say we want the best deals on the table by Wednesday, yeah, and they did. Look, it's a crapshoot. There could be nothing. There could be a lot. There could be a surprise. Brian Cashman always, always ends up that way. Finagles something. I'm sure something is going to happen. We don't know what, but uh, I think he understands that they don't want to mortgage his farm, especially because if you look at the 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 report that there's the four untouchables that it's been reported that when the Phillies asked for what they wanted for Hamels, Cashman told him there was those four untouchables. Greg Bird is in AAA. Mark Teixeira is 16 months away from being a free agent. Right. Aaron Judge is in AAA. Carlos Beltran is 16 months away from being a free agent. Luis Severino is a starting pitcher, and you know there's never enough depth there. Mateo, I mean, the guy's got like 70 stolen bases. I mean, he's just nuts. He's look, he looks like Delano DeShields did a couple of years ago when he stole 100 and whatever in Class A. But those three guys are ready-ish, waiting in the wings of AAA, just waiting for the opportunity. That first base job is almost likely Greg Bird's come November of 2016. Right field is almost certainly Aaron Judge's come November of 2016. Come November 2016, Severino might even be a year or more into being a major leaguer because starting pitching is so volatile. He gets that. He's not going to give that away for even for Cole Hamels, who's been a very good pitcher over his career, or a rental for certain of any type, whether it be David Price on down. I don't think you could break it down any better than that. Um, and I hope fans really listen to this, and I hope they have their thinking caps on because this is the type of stuff you have to think about. You cannot mortgage the future by supporting the present for one title. I, I cannot get behind that. And it's been a long time since the Yankees have had this superfluous amount of talent in their farm system. And, can, and like Lou said, can you part with some of it and still have a strong farm system? Yes. And I'm not against that. I'm not saying I'm against that. But I'm, I'm saying I don't want to, you know, bring in the yacht and send it to a team for a David Price or a Cole Hamels. Hamels the exception for this reason. Anytime that big prospects have been traded, it's yeah, but been... is he going to stay here? Well, he's got, whatever, three years or whatever is left on his contract. I thought it was only one. Anytime he's got multiple years, at least one, if not two. Anytime Brian Cashman has traded major prospects like that, it's been for those guys. When Ian Kennedy, Austin Jackson, and all those guys got sent out, Scherzer got traded to Detroit in the deal for Curtis Granderson. 
Granderson was here for what, four years? Yeah. Had, you know, he had a long time of control and fit the profile of what they needed. Those are the kind of trades he's made when he's traded big name prospects. Peter O'Brien was a pretty big prospect, but was a man without a position when he got traded last year for Prado, who ended up getting traded again. But, you know, he, he understands what he has. And the situations. I'm not saying he, he doesn't. So everybody who's freaking out that he's going to trade the farm, there's really no evidence that he's going to do that willy-nilly, as so many people are panicking. I'm not freaking panicking. out. I'm just completely no. against it. Me too. Twitter is freaking out because everybody's a baseball expert. You don't need to go get Hamels. You don't need to go get David Price. That's hitting the panic button. Yep. When you don't need to panic that much. I wouldn't, you know, for the mid-level guys, I wouldn't mind Samarja. I think that'd be a nice fit. Uh, if Nova's involved in the deal, it wouldn't hurt me none because then you're set up. Well, look at here's then the you've other... got your top three starters in the playoffs. Here's the other thing you have to look at. If you can get a guy who's a number three, look at all of the teams that are at the top of the American League right now Just, that could be potential playoff. Assuming nobody from the East makes it other than the division winner because okay. you're looking at a bunch of 500 teams in the right. Yankees. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Who are their top three? Santana? Eh. Phil Hughes? Yeah. Then what do you got? Kyle Gibson, Nolasco, Malone. Like, does anybody scare no. you? No. Okay. Houston. Yes, they acquired Scott Casimir. Yes, Dallas Keuchel looks like an ace. What do you got after that? Scott Feldman? Oberholzer? I mean, like, there, there's really nothing. There's no ridiculousness there. Uh, look at the Angels. C.J. Wilson, Jared Weaver are... Names at this point, they're right. not even like Weaver doesn't great. throw ninety. Yeah, he doesn't even hit ninety. They're living off their name as opposed right. to talent this year. Garrett Richards was amazing last year and has been pretty good this year. They've got Santiago. I mean, they've got guys, but none of them scare you as like this is a lockdown playoff phase. Kansas City didn't have one last year. Now they have Johnny Cueto, but their two through five are still the same guys from last year. It's still Jordano Ventura. It's still Jeremy Guthrie. <laughs> it's it's Chris Young. I mean, it's not. Yeah, but they can get you through five and right, and then go to that bullpen. Done, right, but the Yankees can do the same. Right, so there's really not a team there that when you say, "Oh, they have Tanaka and Pineda and what else?" There's really not a team there that when you get to three, no, you're right, and you're, I thought, you're horribly I, overmatched. I thought about that. Now the National League's a different story, especially if the Dodgers go out and get a ton of pitching, because the Nationals' number five overmatches a lot of teams' number three. The Mets number five on given days can overmatch a lot of teams yeah, number but no, three. No, nothing is guaranteed. Look what the Tigers did last year. Once you get to the World Series, it's a crapshoot. They didn't even get to the World no. Series. No, because their their pitching staff imploded. So And when you speaking of the Mets, I just want to say this real quick. When you talk about mortgaging the future, or you talk about not trading the future, or you talk about leaving Syndergaard and Mats in the minors for certain times, or why the Cubs left Chris Bryant in AAA and this and that. Henry Mejia <laughs> Is the reason why a lot of this happens. This guy comes up. He's a ballyhooed prospect forever. Comes in last year and becomes the Mets closer. Has a three and a half ERA, 28 saves, whatever it was. Has enough days to qualify as a super two. So he gets arbitration. Gets a raise. He made the league minimum last year. Gets a raise to like 2.6 million this year. He's thrown seven innings. And he's spent, he spent the entire first half of the season suspended. Came back the day before the All-Star break. And now he's gone for a year. And now he's gone for the next year. So he won't be back until August-ish of next year. He made $250,000 this year to throw seven innings. Good work if you get Good it. Good work. Good job. I mean, and if you're the Mets, do you what? You know, do you know, just be like, well, forget this guy. He's going to go through arbitration next year. He's, I, gonna get a, he's not going to get anything close to what he was going to get. If you're wearing that Met uniform and you're in that clubhouse, you want him back in there? Nope. 
Exactly. And, I mean, the New York Post's headline said it all. Is Tyler Clippard enough moron insurance for the New York Mets? Obviously partially referring to Mejia. Right. But And, you know, Clippard was supposed to be improving the bullpen, not mm-hmm. replacing somebody in the bullpen, and which is which is yeah. basically what he's doing. And now. that would have been, you talk about sometimes getting guys back from injury or suspension is just as good as a trade deadline for the Twins, Santana, the same right. thing. Not so much for the Mets with me. No. But there was one other baseball topic I wanted to talk about, which is fun, because Zobrist was traded yesterday mm-hmm. to the Royals. Clippard was traded to the Mets. Mm-hmm. I know the the A's haven't really contended much in the last few years, but this, this is the Billy Bean circle of life and how he continues to have a job. Back in January, they got the A's got Ben Zobrist and Yunel Escobar from Tampa Bay for John Jaso, Boog Powell, not the Boog Powell, but mm-hmm. an outfielder, uh, Daniel Robertson, who's been up and down for the Rays a little bit this year in the infield, and cash considerations. They flipped Escobar to Washington for Clippard. Mm-hmm. They flipped Clippard back to the Mets for a minor, like a low-level minor leaguer, and then flipped Zobrist for Aaron Brooks, who's pitched in the majors the last couple of years a little bit, and a lower-level pitching prospect. This is the Billy Bean circle of life. He got two two big names for next to nothing, got half a season out of them, and then traded them for better than what he gave up for it. And he's going to miss the playoffs. And he's going to miss the playoffs again. For the umpteenth time in years. And he still has a job. And he still has a job. So for all those people who think Brian Cashman is this and that, and for all those people who are on Sandy Alderson's case, including us for what he's done. Oh, we were last week. I mean, Billy Bean is doing a yeoman's work down there and getting nothing for it. Think Sandy listened to the podcast? Probably not. Because right after we stopped. They can't afford broadband in the front office, the Mets front office. (laughs) Right after we stopped taping is when those deals went down. Yeah. Uribe, Kelly Johnson. Yeah, you and I had fun with the Kelly Johnson trade. Yeah, we did. We we won't bring that up. Yeah, Uribe Uribe is this year's Kelly Johnson. He's making a tour of the National League. Yeah, how about that? All comes full circle. Reminds me of Joe Morgan on the baseball bunch. He opened up his trunk, had his eight jerseys in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I told you. I was like, Kelly Johnson is becoming Wayne from Wayne's World. He's yes. had a share of Joe jobs, nothing yes. you'd call a career. Yes. He has an extensive collection of hats and, and jerseys. Hey, Uribe already won a game for the damn Mets. Yeah. Yeah. Now they almost have too much. Yeah. Like as odd as it is, they have Uribe to play third. They have Kelly Johnson to fill in. You can move Murphy to second. Flores to short. So Tejada goes to the bench. And I mean, Wright, Wright has started baseball activities. Yeah. And Conforto had a really good game on Friday night. It's only a matter of time before he's hurt again. Yeah. Which is a shame because, you know, you don't like to see that. You don't like to see that talent not be able to be displayed. I didn't realize that it's been since April 14th that yeah. he went on the DL. I, yeah. So he's played, he played, what, six, seven games? As many as Mejia. Yeah. I, Say something funny. No, I can't. <laughs> I was thinking about that, that between the two of them, you know, between the two of them they're going to give him next to nothing. But uh, I, I, I ha- didn't realize until I saw it last night on the scroll while I was watching the Yankee game that, uh, that it's been that long. And one of my friends who's a Met fan put on Facebook, he says – uh, what a way to ruin a career. And the immediate thought that came into my head was, would he even have a career if he wasn't taking this stuff? Think about it. It's true. But it's also it also draws a red flag that maybe, you know, even in this era, there's still people playing stuff and just finding – still people playing who are taking stuff and just finding ways to – Circumvent avoid. the system. Right. Yeah. So it, it casts a bit of a pall, but – I mean, you know, like you said, if you're the Mets and it's 
July 28th of next year, and they're, they've played 100 games, so he's going to miss 62. Mm-hmm. So he's going to miss the first 100 games of next year. Yeah. So 100 games, it's going to be a, basically a calendar year. Come late July of next year, the guy's pitched seven innings in two years. Right. Is he do no you, baseball activity? Do you want him back? So you're really not going to get him back until mid-August, late August. It's not like he's going to be able to go down to extended spring training and just and, hang out there. And again, if I'm in that clubhouse, I don't want him. Yeah, I don't want him in there. I mean, your best case scenario is you activate him, you put him on the 60-day DL. Because to me, we're all in here busting our ass, and we need you, and and not once but and twice. You're, and you're putting things twice. Yeah, you're putting things in your body that are getting you whacked. Ugh. It's tough. Anyway. It's very tough. Well, we're plus 15, so I think this is a good time to wrap yeah. things up. And i got to go do my Michael K. responsibilities. Have fun. I will. And you go do your thing. Michael's on vacation. Why can't you be? Just nah, it's coming up. Yeah. Next week, two weeks? Two weeks. Uh, anyway, yeah. good discussion. We'll be back on Monday. On Monday. It's a Yankees off day, so we'll have plenty of... Room to germinate. Yes. A big series for the Mets this weekend. You're going to, you know what? On Monday, we'll revisit the Mets too. Because we could have two first place teams in New York. Yeah. We're going to know all we need to know about the Mets after this weekend. Mm -hmm. Book it. They could be four games up in first place, five games up in first place come Monday. We'll see. We'll see. I know Mets fans will be salivating with another deal that goes down if one does. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to be back Monday for. Talk about the trade deadline. And, it, yep, all the goodness that yes, goes along with it. And, you know, and hopefully a lot of the prospects that we just mentioned are still in the same place. For Lou DiPietro, I'm Chris Sheeran. We're not going anywhere, at least we don't think so. See you next week. Adios.